Hey guys, so in today's episode, I have an incredible interview to share with you guys. I had the pleasure of talking to Dylan, aka at Festy Heads, about how he turned a passion project into a full-time job creating festival gear that brings a smile to people's face. Not only does Dylan design the most incredible custom marshmallow helmets, he's also a super humble and genuine guy, and I'm so happy to share his amazing story with you guys today. So let's get into it. Alrighty, welcome back to Rave Culture Podcast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. I hope you all had an awesome holiday. You're all recovering from your food comas. I'm actually recording this prior to Thanksgiving, so future Emma, I'm sure you had a great time with family and friends, and yeah, this is the best time of year, honestly. You guys know I'm a Halloween kind of girl. That's my favorite holiday, but... Thanksgiving just hits different. Do you know what I mean? It's honestly the best. So I really, really hope you guys enjoyed and, um, you know, you're getting back into it this week and it's going well so far for you. So I'm really excited to kick off this episode this week, you guys. Um, We have a really great interview coming up. So I just want to go over a few things at the top of the episode here and then just get into it because the conversation today is one that I really value. And I don't know, it's just rare sometimes that you have a conversation that you're left like speechless afterwards. And that was me after this conversation with Dylan. So I'm really excited to share that with you. But before we get into everything, you guys, uh, I just want to say a huge thank you for checking out the podcast, whether you guys are new this week or you have been here since the beginning. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes, for tuning in this week. The number one thing you guys can do to support this podcast is to spread the word about it. I would really appreciate you guys sending a link out today, um, sharing this on your Instagram stories, telling your group chat, whatever it is. I appreciate you guys spreading the word. Um, You know, that's what helps us grow every week and it's it's cool I get to have more people come on here which is awesome because I'm reaching a different audience and yeah it's just been incredible to meet you guys in person at festivals and stuff and to hear that you're enjoying the content so I really you know I am a huge podcast listener like that is what I listen to on my commute to and from work every day so it's just something I'm very used to so I hope that I break up your day and make it better and bring you guys some really fun content so anyway thank you all so much um also if you listen on Apple Podcasts I would love it if you would rate and review throw a couple stars leave a few words if you want um I, I always see you guys doing that so thank you for the support uh and of course you guys can follow on youtube um my youtube channel is just under my name emma capotis i have the rave culture podcast playlist over there so you guys can watch along comment join the conversation uh i really love getting your feedback on all of the episodes so yeah check it check us out on youtube go subscribe over there And on social media, you guys can tweet at me. Again, tag me in your Instagram stories. It's at raveculturecast, at raveculturecast. And then my personal account is at Emma Capotes. That's K-A-P-O-T-E-S. So again, follow along with the conversation. Um, I'm always posting like questionnaires, polls. I'm looking for submissions for future episodes. So definitely feel free to follow us over there. And I think... That's all I got from the top of the episode here. Again, um, really hope you guys had a really happy Thanksgiving. I can't believe we're in the last month. 
Has that like hit anybody else yet? Because I've started to see people posting on social media about like this is the end of a decade, which when you put it that way, it's kind of like terrifying, but also exhilarating at the same time. I don't know. This is like a very reflective period for a lot of people. So I personally um, just want to go out really strong this year and bring some awesome episodes to you guys. I have some really cool videos that I'm like very proud of that I'm working on. And I have very big plans for all of this in 2020. And I just can't wait to push it further. So I just wanted to say that in the beginning here, I'm I'm really excited for things to come. So again, I'm really happy you guys have been a part of this journey. I started the podcast back in like, I think it was mid-April, which is crazy. It's been like, it's been over six months. It's almost been a year. So that's absolutely nuts. But um, yeah, I have some really exciting changes coming for the podcast in 2020. So I'm very excited about that. Trying to figure out my festival plans. We'll see. I'm, um, you know, spending my money on Christmas gifts right now. So that's where the focus is. But um, yeah, anyway, I also had, well, it hasn't happened yet, but I also am going to have my 10-year high school reunion, which can we just take a second to just like let that sink in? You girls getting old, but at the same time, it's here. Did anyone ever see that movie? I think it was called like 10-year reunion or something. Channing Tatum's in it. I'm probably aging myself right now. But yeah, I can't believe that my tenure is here already. I'm actually, my friend and I are throwing the reunion because my friend Connor was the president of our grade senior year and I was the vice president. And he and I actually like weirdly work together too at our job. So we've been planning this whole thing literally since the summer. So at this point, it's over already. I'm sure it went really well, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be crazy to, you know, like see some old faces, some familiar faces, have a couple drinks. It's an open bar. So anyway, pray for me. Hopefully that all went well. (laughs) Okay, so listener of the week, you guys, I don't have any submissions. I'm so sad. Uh, I recorded the podcast here like three weeks three yeah three weeks in a row back to back almost like just a couple days in between so I ran out of submissions but for those of you who are unfamiliar I do a shout out every single week to one of our listeners here who just really deserves a shout out they're doing positive things for this community they're a good person they're a kind person and they've made a really positive impact on your life so you guys can always send me your nominations for listener of the week just email me it's raveculturecast at gmail.com raveculturecast at gmail.com just do the subject headline listener of the week please send in nominations i'm all out of them and i definitely want to shout you guys out i'll call out your handles or whatever you want but Um, I really just want to shed more light on you guys because you are the reason all of this is happening and without your support, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. So definitely send me in your nominations and we'll have a couple more here before the end of the year. And of course, guys, submissions, um, topics you want me to cover, suggestions, like all of that is welcome. You can always email me with ideas, people you want me to interview, please, you know, send that over to me. Okay, so let's jump into today's episode and the interview that I have for you guys this week. So you guys know, like when I pick somebody to come on here or I have the opportunity to talk to someone and have a conversation with them, I'm looking, you know, for people in this community that I think have a really interesting story or that I personally like admire and I want to introduce them to you. Again, I'm all about like positivity, 
you know, if I have a good gut feeling about people and if I just, if I feel that strongly for someone, I'm like, okay, we got to have them on. I've also had friends of mine suggest people for me to get in contact with and it's been really great so far. So this was one of those cases. I am talking to Dylan, aka at Festi Heads. That's at F-E-S-T-I Heads. Um, he makes marshmallow helmets. That's like the the blanket statement. That's what he does, but it's so much more than that, you guys. And I figured that out in today's conversation. Um, Dylan and I have never met before. I've just been familiar with his page. Um, my friend Tom over at the Lunchbox also was like, oh my God, you got to interview him on the podcast. He would be really great. He's an awesome guy. And then Dylan reached out and we got to talking. And so this was my first like real conversation with him. And it just reminded me why I love doing this. Like if you told me a year ago that I would be interviewing people and like having phone calls, like I mean, I'm a millennial kind of girl. I can handle a phone call, but I didn't think that I would be like comfortable interviewing people. I always get so nervous. And it's just been the most rewarding thing ever. Like I'm just constantly surprised by people and I just like am blown away at so many incredible people out there and everyone has a different story and I'm always surprised I always see the conversation going one way and I have like questions prepared and then the conversation like totally goes in a different direction and it's like even better than I planned and again that was one of these cases so Dylan and I obviously will talk a little bit about what he does, how he creates these incredibly beautiful custom marshmallow helmets. They're so sick. I saw one in person at EDC Orlando. Dylan and the Lunchbox were giving away a custom helmet uh, that was really, really cool. And they had like a giveaway winner. So I got to try that on and I was like, holy shit, this is like so legit. <laughs> there are literally like fans in it to keep you cool. So He obviously took a long time to get there, a lot of trial and error, but we're going to talk a little bit about how you turn passion project into like a full-time job. This is his career. This is what he does for a living. And his story of how he got there, I think is just so relatable. And I mean, like, I believe he's 26. I'm 28. Like people around our age and like in your younger 20s, early 30s, when you're sort of like trying to figure out what the hell you want to do with your life and you may not like have the answers yet or you try something and you fail at it and then you kind of just like stumble into something that is so clearly what you were supposed to be doing. I just think it's like an amazing kind of moment. So I can't wait for you to hear Dylan's story and how he got to where he is now. Um, Please go support him. Please go check out his page. If you guys are interested in purchasing a helmet, you can totally do that. Um, He's going to talk a little bit about how to place a custom order I'll have his information here, but again, it's at Festy Heads. And I think that's all I have to say. I just want you guys to hear his story and how he got where he is today. So let's get into it, guys. Welcome Dylan, aka Festy Heads, to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. I think I'm still kind of recovering from EDC. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like a kind of feel like a normal normal person again. Oh um, man, yeah, I feel you. Guys. Well, thank you so much for for coming on, and I appreciate you doing this today. I always love to have people on the podcast that I think are like making a really positive impact in the community. And I definitely think that you're one of them. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me tonight. Of course. Thank you for, thank you for inviting me on. Of course. So just to get started, cause I know we've actually never met in person. I sh- I'm surprised I didn't bump into you at EDC yet, but <laughs> it, like- it seems like, uh, like when you're like looking for someone mm-hmm. at EDC, like, or at any festival, you 
you'll never find them. But like right. there were people that I weren't, I wasn't avoiding, but I wasn't like actively looking for them. And I ran to them like four or five times. Right, like there's right, right. people I ran into every single day. <laughs> you know, like standing next to each other at a show on the first night. Yep. And, uh, and then like we, we kept running into them. Like it was, it's just weird how that it seems like if you're if you're like actively trying and like texting someone and be like let's meet up here and like it just never it never works out no but exactly it's a small world makes, things that makes festivals fun exactly exactly yeah well i'm sure soon at some point because you seem to have like a pretty busy festival schedule but um before i ask you about all that stuff i know like i've been a fan of your page for a while now so i'm definitely excited to learn more about you and to share your story with everybody listening um i did a quick intro to you before you came on to the podcast but um just for those who aren't familiar with you or what you do can you just give like a little background on yourself i know this is always fun to do like wherever <laughs> you're from what you do how old you are all right well my, my name is dylan uh i'm from from nashville tennessee actually from here uh, i was born and raised i was born about 20 minutes south of of uh the city and then i, I went to high school in a suburb called franklin okay. um and then I went to Western Kentucky University for school, failed out, came back to Nashville, went to community college for, I think, a semester. Okay. Um, then I went back to Western and then failed out slash quit my second time <laughs> around because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I just didn't really, I mean, didn't didn't really understand why I was, didn't, it didn't mm-hmm. seem like a good idea to pay all that money to get a degree in something mm-hmm. that I wasn't super passionate about, ironically. My degree, what I was getting at the time when I quit was uh, business management, which would be super helpful. After after I, I quit for the second or failed mm-hmm. out, whatever, I was going to quit, but I, I basically failed out. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> In school, I was always, I was good at classes that I cared about. And if I didn't care, I was just doing enough mm-hmm. to barely hire or, or maybe in some cases not get by. My first semester of college, I got really, really sick. I missed about a month of classes. Mm-hmm. just legitimately almost died at like oh. mono. Pneumonia. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Fun, fun freshman year. Yeah. Um, had a little bit too much fun. That's kind of why I got sick. Staying <laughs> uh, up way too late, not getting any sleep. It really uh, takes a toll after a while. I can do it every now and then, but I just, I can't do it, you know, for weeks on end like I used right. to. But when I came back to Nashville, um, after I left Western, I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. I worked in a welding shop um mm-hmm. for a while that was a you know it's a steel company and a, a hair and oil company in Nashville and I worked at the hand rail company out in the in the shop and was basically just like welding like handrail and like not doing anything like super crazy but it's mm-hmm. just long you know f- had to be at work at 5 a.m and get off at 5 30. Oh wow okay. Uh, in the afternoon so like in the winters I would literally like not see the sun all day because oh, I'd be going yeah. into work it'd be dark and then I'd be in the in the shop all day and then get out and it was just like I just remember um <laughs> leaving work and on Friday and being like, God, I don't want to come back. Like that was my first thought. It's like, I've got only got two days still have to come back here. Yeah. And Exhausting. Yeah. I was really fortunate that I was able to have that job through my dad. Um, it, it taught me a lot and I used a lot of the skills I learned there in, in building helmets, but mm-hmm. uh, I went to Bonnery in 2015. Okay. Um, after I had, uh, this was when I was still working at the welding shop. Mm-hmm. I left college in, at the end of 2014. And in 2015 was when I was back in Nashville and uh, one of my best friends passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hit me really hard and I was just kind of just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And then <clears throat> ended up getting a ticket to Bonnaroo. I think my, my parents gave it to me for my birthday or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, I went with my friend Jay 
and he knew someone. And then it, it, we ended up having this huge group where like no one really knew each other. Okay. Um, one person, it was like this long train of people that one person from each group knew each other. And that's just kind of how we ended up together, but ended up becoming really good friends with those people. Um, they're actually, I still go to festivals with them. Nice. Um, saw some of these who Orlando this past, past month or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, basically had a changing experience of honor that year. And, and just, I basically picked two things to live my life by. I basically just wanted to be happy and I wanted to leave the world a better place than mm. it was when I got here or whatever, right, um, which right. is kind of here or whatever, but that's, um, <laughs> that was kind of the conclusion I'd come to. And about a month later, I quit my job at the welding shop, which mm-hmm. was, hard to do just because uh it's my dad's business and and okay. uh it's one of those things where i could have taken over and and probably made a lot of money but right um uh, i wasn't that wasn't what i was passionate about and i really wasn't at that point i didn't really know what i was passionate about i was really into uh like tesla and things you want spacex all that kind of stuff yeah yeah so i quit and didn't have a job lined up mm-hmm. was just kind of like living at my friend's house and parents were super thrilled about that yeah <laughs> I was sitting in my friend's house one night and I was just like, I wonder what it's like to work at Tesla. And I looked and I Googled around and saw they actually had a place in Nashville. They had just opened a couple months before they had like, I think there was like five positions open and I applied for all of them. (laughs) I made a resume right there, like sent it in. I was like on the resume, I was like, and you know, I don't, I don't have a degree in, you know, Mm -hmm. anything. (laughs) Um, I got a degree in, in staying out too late and going to the bars, but that's not a, not a really actionable degree. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I basically was like, I'm a quick learner and, you know, I really, really admire what Tesla does. And, um, I mean, I'd sweep the floor if it meant that I could be a part of this company and, wow. and, uh, wait, sent the, sent the application in thought there's no way, you know, I'll ever <laughs> get anything back. And then a couple of weeks later, about a week later, I got an email back from the recruiter, recruiter saying she wanted me to fill out, I think it was like a over the phone interview. And I did a mm-hmm. quick over the phone interview. And then I had two in-person interviews. I interviewed for sales, something in sales and something in service. Okay. My service was first. Um, and that guy was like, you need to be in sales. And um, <laughs> so I, I did that interview and I left that interview just like, I, I, bombed. I, like, I bombed it. There's no way I'm going to get this job. Right. I just felt about <laughs> it after. And flash forward like a week and I'm at my friend's house. I'm in the shower and I hear my phone ringing and I look out and it's a number from California, which is where Tesla's based. Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, I... Um, I answered and, and the recruiter's like, Hey Dylan, um, I think her name was Nicole. She's like, it's Nicole. Uh, we were just calling to say that we, we wanted to extend you the offer for, for the product specialist position at Tesla. And I was like, wow. I signed. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> options and all that kind of stuff. And I worked there for uh, about two years, loved it, loved every minute of it. Um, and then in about a year and a half in, we got a new manager um, mm-hmm. I mean, we got a manager. We didn't have a manager for a long time. I mean, we were actually doing pretty well, given the given where we were. Nashville's not a huge um, market for Tesla. It should be, but it's one of those things kind of like seeing is believing. And once you get in the car and ride around it, it makes sense. Yeah. But um, new manager came in, changed a bunch of stuff, how we were doing. Our sales numbers started falling. I obviously disagreed with the way she was doing things. Mm-hmm. Other than, you know, we personally didn't get along, but I was still, you know, I, I showed up to work and, you know, didn't, didn't miss anything, like anything like that. Mm-hmm. And my birthday that year, I was supposed to be going to Euphoria out in Texas. I'd asked off for that festival, but ended up not going. And my roommate, Mark, who was also working at Tesla, he was the position above me. 
he bought a Tesla of his own Oh well. and he was going to, he was driving out to Las Vegas and then doing LA to San Francisco and then Denver and then back mm-hmm. the same dates that I was going to be gone for euphoria. And since I wasn't going anymore. And it was like right before my birthday, I was like, he was like, do you want to come with me? <laughs> like, absolutely. So like we literally, he got the car, he took the liver of his car. Oh my God. I was off that day. He drove home. Um, we loaded the car up and then drove to Las Vegas and like put a thousand miles on his car in under 24 hours. Like literally oh drove God. straight there. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was really really fun awesome. spent a couple of days in vegas that was my first time going had a great time went to la and before i'd left i'd asked the manager if i could extend my trip by a day so that i could visit the factory and she said ask the person making the schedule if that's okay and so i did and that person said yeah so i you know bought my plane this was like you know two three days before we left okay so I got my plane ticket, extended the trip a, a day or two um, so that I could visit the factory on my birthday um, just for fun. Not because mm-hmm. they, were, they wanted me to, just I loved working there and I wanted to learn more about the car. So wow. and I figured that'd be a good way to do it. Get to LA. And then I remember like, remember like it was yesterday, I was getting, getting ready to get in the shower. Mm-hmm. And I decided like, oh, I'm, I'm going to check the schedule and like see what time I'm working on on Saturday when I get back. Yeah. And I open up the schedule. And I just immediately, I sat down. I was like, I'm getting fired. And oh, no. she had scheduled me after we had gotten to California. She put me on okay. the schedule for a Wednesday and Thursday, which was my birthday and the day after. And those were the days we were visiting the factory. So right, right. I called me and, and, um, and I was like, Hey, like, you know, you told me I could be off. Like, what's the deal? And she's like, well, plans change and you have to get back to work. And I was oh, my like, God. uh, Pacific ocean is within sight yeah, like, right. <laughs> tomorrow. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's not like I was in New Orleans partying. I was literally like, <laughs> no, yeah, you were going to the freaking factory. Yeah, so uh, we went back and forth for a minute and she was just like, well, we'll have to talk to you back. So I was like, all right, whatever. I was like, I've never gotten in trouble. Never had any kind of written warning. Like, yeah, I'll be fine. Like it'll be awkward and I'll get a up talk or whatever. Get back to Nashville, show up to work on a day, a day early. Um, I wasn't scheduled, but I showed up as a Friday afternoon. I was like, I want to get caught up on all the stuff that I'd missed. Uh-huh. Worked all day. Uh, end of the day, manager says, hey, I need to talk to you for a minute. And we go into a back office and she pulls out her phone and she calls like HR and puts on the on the puts her phone on the oh, table. And, yeah, and she yeah. goes, Dylan, because you uh, have an unex- had an excused absence, today is your last day with Tesla. And I was, I mean, speechless. I was like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was like a two minute conversation. And then she hung up and she was like, I need to ask her you out of the building. And I was like, I just, I was just sitting there. I, I couldn't process it. Yeah. I love her. And I was like, like look me in the eye and tell me that what you just did is fair. Like, I know that I missed a day, but like the reason I missed was because I was visiting the factory and like, yeah. I told you I was going to be gone before you said it was, she said it was a no call, no show. Huh. Um, didn't technically call that day and say I wasn't going to be there. I told her beforehand. Right. Um, it was one of those like technicality, like if you read the the rule book, I'd yeah. say, yeah, I'm to get fired. But no, she just, had it out for you. It sounds like that's yeah. fucked up. And, uh, so I walked out of there and was just like, just shell shocked. Couldn't believe right. it. Called my roommate Mark and he couldn't talk. And I called my mom and she was like, that's what's up? And I was like, I, uh, I just got fired. She was like, what? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it hit me and I just, I lost it. Yeah. I was really, really down mm-hmm. for a while after that. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, but I had all this free time and I had been, I had started building a helmet after decadence that year. Okay. Um, a couple months before I had the materials and I was like, well, I've got all this free time and I don't want to, I've got some money saved up. 
from working and like, I don't mm-hmm. really have to have a job right now. So I'm just going to buy some festival tickets and I bought impulse bought tickets to electric forest and hang out <laughs> and pick one other festival and built, built a, built a marshmallow helmet in my free time. And all my friends were like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and my parents were like, what are you doing? And I took the first one to hang out and goes, this is really cool. And so I built a few more for myself because Mello was at Bonnery that year. So I built a couple more helmets, took a picture of electric forest uh, later, about a month after that. I forest that year that I, what I wanted to do was build helmets for other people and, and sell them because I'd had a lot of people yeah. like I'd buy them. and granted people saying that buy one is different than people actually buying them buying, but yeah and, and Mello was still pretty um unknown at that point so I figured I had a good chance to get in and and try to start getting his try to start getting his attention at least and um yep. late one July night I was like I sent out a, I saw something on his Instagram story he said like if you if you send me pictures of your helmets on Twitter I'll I'll retweet him or something like that. He just posted, and that was only on his story for like 10 minutes, but okay. I saw it. I had a notification. Like I had to tweet ready. He tweeted something out. I tweeted the picture and I was some like cheesy caption and uh, put my phone down. And then a couple minutes later, it, it went off once. And then it was oh, just like rapid fire, just like nonstop, like phone vibrating, like <laughs> constantly going off. I looked over at my friend Brad and I was like, dude, <laughs> and I picked up my phone and I was like, he just retweeted a picture of those helmets. And, wow. and that stayed up like, I didn't have an, ins- I mean, I had an Instagram page, but I didn't really have one. Like, right, right. Didn't, my thing didn't, didn't know what I was doing, still don't, really didn't know what I was doing. I uh, stayed up all night that night answering DMs. I mean, it was people from all over the world being like, dude, these are so cool. Where'd you get them? Wow. You know, how can I get them and all this kind of stuff? And yeah. since then it's been it's been a, an uphill climb uh, because making making one or two for myself is one thing, but making them for other people is an entirely different thing because sure. I have to make, you know, qualities there and I can't have, you know, I don't want my customers to have to mess with something like it's not finished. I want it to sure. be, finished. but it's, it's been a fun, fun uh, journey. I mean, going from like EDC Orlando in 2017 was the first festival. I delivered one to okay. a customer. Okay. And that was also the first festival, right? Like when I first started building them or when I decided I wanted to start building them, I told my friends, I was like, literally all I want to do is be at a festival and just like see one in the crowd. Yeah. And uh, I was at Mellow in at EDC that year and I was kind of in the back. Mm-hmm. I looked up and I saw the helmet that I had delivered. I just saw it like bobbing up and down in the front row and like almost started crying. It was just such a, it was such a, wild moment and, and yeah. since then like, I think I had like two or three people recognize me at that festival like the whole time um like oh like aren't because I was wearing one too yeah yeah <laughs> I an Instagram account and I was like yeah and I think I had like one or two thousand followers I don't think I had two thousand followers at that point I had like fifteen hundred followers on Instagram okay and flash forward to now where like every day at EDC people were coming up to me like oh you're the guy that makes those or like did you get yours from that guy mm-hmm. like the first day I didn't helmet and I had a couple people recognize me and I was like how you know yeah like? right like I have the uh, chills that is so fucking cool <laughs> yeah I mean it, it was it's just really cool like I mean I went from having like two or three people recognize me at EDC the whole time and then mm-hmm. it went to like I had two or three people recognize me in line for drinks just like that yeah. kind of thing it's really wild and then I've I've uh I've got customers in over 20 countries at this point I've uh, I've hand built hundreds of hundreds of helmets at this at this point. Not all of them were for other people. I mean, there's prototype mm-hmm. stuff, but every every helmet I make, I get a little better because I try to learn something with each one. Right, right. Um, and just in the last like two months or so, I've I finally figured out how to make them, how, how to hand build them without just having to spend you know 
ridiculous amounts of, of time and effort. Sure. It's more of a just type thing instead of having to like fabricate everything myself. And okay. uh, it would be a lot easier if I had like an engineering degree, which I don't. Um, <laughs> so just, well, you've like, got experience like, and you're learning yeah. like as you go. So that's a, yeah. how long does one helmet take to do at this point? Um, it depends on the configuration because some have different like exactly. fans and um, yep. um, that kind of thing. But it, I can get it down to under 30 minutes. I Holy think with my, um, they used to be about three hours. The first one took about two months. Actually, no, the first one from start to finish took me probably five months to build. Wow. Uh, and I wasn't working on it every day, but I didn't know what I was doing. And, and what I wanted to do from the beginning was um, make them like customizable. Because um, mm-hmm. like one has a white one and the white ones are cool. But like, uh, I really like the, like seeing a cut, seeing like when I see a helmet in the crowd, I can like, I know which customer that is based on the helmet that sure, they're wearing. The design. Right. Right. Uh, and I mean, I saw, I saw a bunch of customers at NDC Orlando, saw a couple of lost. Like I see I've, every festival I've been to in the last two years, I've seen, I've seen Someone at least wearing. one, a couple, a couple like non-pest, like I was at a show, I went to San Holo in Atlanta back in March and like was just standing there. And then a guy just, happened to walk by like right in front of me wearing That's one of my so helmets. Funny. What's up? And he turned around <laughs> as the helmet I delivered to to Orlando in, in 2018. Yeah, it's just uh it's really wild because I never when I first started it was never, you know, I didn't think I'm gonna build these helmets and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna have hundreds of customers one day. Like it was just like I literally just had too much free time and sure. I wanted to get my mind off of it was essentially getting fired from Tesla it was like a breakup, but it was a thousand times worse because it's also how I put food on the table and roof over my head. So it was right, extra right. devastating. And Tesla's a pretty popular company too. So it's it was just it was really hard. And building helmets kind of gave me an outlet and um, and since then I've it's cool to see how how they've developed and how much better I've gotten since the first sure. ones I've made. And uh, so cool. You have an incredible story. I mean, it's just like, I absolutely love doing this for this exact reason. Cause I had no idea about any of this. Like when you look at your feed, you know, I just thought you do this full time and it's a hobby of yours, but to hear how you've grown and where you've come from, I think it's incredible. And it's Tesla's loss, first of all, because <laughs> now well, I mean, you have this outlet. So, and you never know where you'll end up in the future too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the funny thing is I uh I I have my own car, my own Tesla now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that I got from that store. I ordered it about a year after I got fired. Mm-hmm. Um I walked in and ordered it in person, kind of a middle finger <laughs> to my manager. Yeah. Uh, okay. 100% not the smartest financial decision I've ever made in my entire life. Probably <laughs> the worst financial decision I've ever made, but I mean it was a lot more than it was a lot more than that. I mean I, I genuinely love it's it's an amazing car and I mean I could go on for days and days about it i used to sell them so yeah uh, and that was a really fun job just showing people like especially in nashville because a lot of people haven't heard of tesla here and uh, at least when i was working there and like putting someone in the car mm-hmm. and then telling them to turn autopilot on and then watching their face while the the car literally like, drives itself on the interstate yep. like, like it's just so i remember how i was when i first saw that and I kind of get that now uh, when I show, like when I run into people at festivals and, and I'll show them my helmets and, and mm-hmm. like show them. people ask like, you know, don't you get hot in that? I'll be like, why do you get hot? It's got a fan in it. And they're like, what? And I show them and they're like, that's amazing. And I'm like, it's, it's literally just so crazy. <laughs> like it's, uh, it's not going to space or anything like that, but it was literally, it's literally just like too much free time. Plus knowing how to read tape measure plus yep. and Google. Um, no, you're applying all your skills to it. But I actually saw one of yours in person because I went to home base to visit the lunchbox team. 
and uh-huh. you had your helmet there, the lunchbox version. So I tried yeah, that yeah. on. It is so intricate and well made in person. It was crazy. I saw the fans right away and I was like, this is freaking genius. Like what, when you've like been doing all this, obviously you've had challenges and it's been like a learning experience for you, but what what are like the tips and tricks you've learned along the way? Is it just by like trial and error or? Yeah, it's pretty much trial and error. I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time and money messing stuff up and that's right. just kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what you have to do. I think we our society has this weird thing where like failure is seen as, as a really bad thing. And if Mm -hmm. you fail, you know, it's, it's better to take the safe route and not risk failing rather than take the risky route, fail. Mm -hmm. And then, but when you fail, like you fail at something, it's just learning. It's just a lesson. And if you, if you make the same, if you don't learn the lesson and you keep failing for the same reason, then Mm -hmm that that's a mistake. But if you fail and then you, well, you learn like, Oh, okay, well I need to change this. Yep. Um, I got fired from Tesla. The lesson I learned from that was like, I don't want to work for someone else ever again because you know, I loved working there. And then I got a manager that I just, we didn't agree with this corporation. And at the end yeah. of the day, there's, you know, 15,000 people working there. I'm one. They don't care. I mean, it, you're replaceable, um, yeah. you're a replaceable cog in the machine. And, and, but with helmets, I've, I've learned, uh, I mean, I've changed, I've done five, I'm on my fifth major like revision in terms of, of how I build Design. them. Okay. And what I make out of, uh, just in the last three, four months, I've completely redesigned uh, pretty much everything except for like two or three parts is, is different than what I used to do. Wow. Okay. Um, and it made for, so like the lunchbox one that was built in May of this year and seeing like where the ones I make now, it's just like a, it's like a world of difference in terms of like quality and, and, uh, how I, uh, how I build them. Wow. And, and you got to um, adapt as you go too. So that makes sense. Cause you're, like you said, you're learning as you're going, are you doing all this like at home? <laughs> yeah. yeah I've, uh, I've got a garage. Okay. Uh, and then I've got uh, the master bedroom in my house uh, is, is also like my office. I've got a, a big walk-in closet that I'm not a big clothes person. I pretty much wear the same same stuff. So I just <laughs> yeah. kind of added to the office space. And I've got, um, <laughs> I've got like awesome. 30 helmets in my house right now. Wow. Uh, it's funny when I first started making them, I told my roommates, I was like, I'm going to turn this, this garage into a factory. And, and they're like, <laughs> okay. And I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, it's not, it's not like a legit factory, but it works for you. (laughs) It took me a while to figure out, like, I definitely was, was, it was pretty hard to live with me when I was figuring all this stuff out. I'm still figuring it out, but I've, I've kind of, kind of figured out which direction to go in. But I was, when I first started, I didn't have a, didn't have a spot to do it in. Mm -hmm. The garage was just a mess and house was a mess. And I I still feel bad about that, but (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a learning experience and I'm, I'm not, if you look at it day to day, it's not the change isn't that noticeable. But if I mm-hmm. look where I was a year or two years ago, it's there's a world of difference in terms of how you're working, kind of. I'm working and I'm just more efficient, and uh, I could I could be more efficient. I really would. The thing that would help me the most would be to have someone helping me because I do it all by myself right now, and that okay. Um, I think that kind of hurts me in some ways because there just aren't there aren't enough mm-hmm. hours in the day for me to deal with emails and DMs and Twitter messages and right. social media. And then I have to actually design them. I have to build them. I have to order the parts. And then the Jeez. biggest challenge for me has been scaling it mm-hmm. because it going from, going from building one for myself to building many for other people 
is is a challenge because I uh, it's easy it's easy to maintain quality if you're making a few of them because then you right. can kind of take your time and it's not a big deal not a big deal to like spend hours and hours on a helmet but if I've got to build a dozen helmets I can't be Quickly, spending four yeah. hours. it's just but I'm I'm also one thing that I've always prided myself on is is I'll miss I'll, I miss timelines. That's my biggest issue, and that's because I haven't been able to build them fast enough, and that's changing. But sure, I'm I've never I'm never going to ship something that I'm not happy with. Like right. I've told customers, you know, if you want if if you want your money back because I haven't gotten it to you, I will give you your money back. I totally understand, mm-hmm. but I would rather me be able to do it the right way the first time and have you be happy rather than feeling like you got ripped off or something like that because that's yeah. just just not a good feeling. And, and the fact people that I've done business with have been happy with me. And of course there's a few people that you just, you're just not going to make everyone happy. And I've, sure. I've made mistakes and I, I, I own up to that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I think that I've, uh, I mean, I, I try really hard to make sure that when someone gets their helmet, they're like, this is, this is amazing. And granted, it's been really hard for me to get over being a perfectionist because mm-hmm. when I build one, I see everything that's wrong with it. Because I know what it's supposed to look like. I mean, right, right. I'll finish it. I'll be like, man, this is terrible. And <laughs> my friends are like, what? <laughs> like, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll be like, look, look, at, look at this part. And, and, and like the, the vinyl graphic will be off by like a 16th of an inch. And they're like, Dude, no one is going to notice that. Yeah, like, but I know. Only- <laughs> but I, I do. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm Steve Jobs, but Steve Jobs wanted, no one ever sees the inside of an iPhone, but the inside of an iPhone is beautiful because yeah. they, this is how we're going to do things. It's going to be perfect. Yep. And that's why Apple is the biggest company in the world. I don't think that I'm mm-hmm. the next Apple or anything like that, but I really do think that's, that kind of stuff shows and, Hundred percent. Um, customers, I mean, when they spend money with me, they're, you know, they're trusting me to to do a good job, and and I take that very seriously. Um, yeah, your quality control sounds incredible, and I think that at the end of the day, you're going to grow because you are taking so much time and effort into each thing that you do. So I think that that shows a lot, and I'm I'm hoping you get. I'm sure we're going to get some messages of people asking to work with you now <laughs> after so. this comes out if you're hiring. <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, I, one of the things I need, I feel like I need to do is I need to move. Um, okay. I mean, I love Nashville. Nashville's a cool city, but I've lived here for 26 years, going on 27 years, basically, yeah. in exception of when I went to school in Western Kentucky, which is an hour away. And I'm just, this is not the place to be if you're, if you're into EDM. It's, right. It's not, <laughs> Definitely not. And I mean, it's, it's gotten, it has gotten a lot better recently, but I mean, I've got friends in Texas and of course, to see on Twitter and Instagram, people going mm-hmm. to shows all the time. Like, should we go to this show tonight or should we go to this one? Right. And Nashville is like, we've got a show on Thursday and then that's it for October. Got it. <laughs> okay. Like a lot of times artists will go to places around Nashville, but they won't actually go to Nashville. We go to kind okay. of like college. I, I, I can't really figure it out. I'm, I'm assuming they have more more data than, than, than I do to, mm-hmm. to see where people are buying tickets and stuff. But, you know, it is... I, know, I realize that EM is very big in like the Southwest and in Texas. And I think that sure. I'm, I'm going to end up moving. I want to move to Phoenix or that oh, area. Okay. Not a big fan of winter, not a big fan of rain. Right. <laughs> um, the desert is, it has neither of those. So yep. um, granted planet's getting warmer. So maybe the desert might not be the smartest idea in the world, but 
that's all right. And you have uh, access to uh, a lot over there. So you can, yeah, in exactly. California, they're lucky they have all those shows and festivals too. So exactly. And I mean, I think that Phoenix is good for me because it's, it's close to Vegas. It's close to LA. It's driving mm-hmm. distance to San Francisco. It's close to all the cool places. It's not that Phoenix isn't cool, but like I can't live in Vegas because right. if I lived in Vegas, <laughs> I would be homeless within a month. There's just yeah. too much fun stuff to do. Right. I, I don't, I, I don't trust myself to not go and do all the fun stuff all the go time. Go crazy, yeah. Um, so I think if I live close enough to where it's a drive, but not like a 36-hour, 40-hour drive like it is now, yeah, um, I, it's, I can still get there if I, if I want to go to something, but it requires more more thought but i think i'll probably do that in the spring um i said i was going to do it this last year but um it just you know, i'm not working out uh, i wanted to stay now i like living close to my family and all that kind of stuff but yeah uh, i'm just i'm ready for a change I'm kind of tired of seeing the same stuff every day and mm-hmm. uh, i work from home so i you know I, I basically go to the gym and and go back yeah exactly so um, well, that's exciting. I feel like there's a lot of big things coming up for you here. And I mean, before we wrap up, I just have a couple more questions for you. I actually wanted to ask if you have a favorite uh, design or like a few designs that you've done. It's kind of hard to, I mean, I, it's, it's kind of a cop out. I do. I have, you know, they're all, they're all my favorites. Um, the, obviously the, the first one I made, it was a map of earth. That was the one that I wore to Bonnaroo. Mm. Um, that was my first like really, really cool one that I built. And that one has a special place. It's actually, uh, I've got the first four uh, displayed in my room, basically. And it's just cool seeing how, how far I've come since that one. And that yeah. helmet weighed 10 pounds and it was <laughs> it was uh, held together. The inside was held together, basically with duct tape and prayer and zip ties. And cool seeing how, how far I've come since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a helmet for this little girl named Benny. I she wanted to ask much- about this. Tom told me to ask you about the Benny story. <laughs> yeah, so um, this was back in January of 18. I think Marshmallow had surprised her in the hospital. She was she was really sick. Um, she yeah. had cancer and a bunch of medical problems. And Marshmallow posted a picture with her on Twitter. And I replied to the tweet. And I was like, hey, I'd love to make her a helmet. Like, if anybody knows her family, like, please put me in touch with them. Nothing, came, nothing really came of it. Then about a month later, I got an email from uh, Benny's mom saying, hey, basically, this here's Benny's story and and I told her like I'd love to make her helmet it was good it was originally gonna be a pink helmet I actually built the helmet um shipping it to Australia was was expensive but I couldn't I couldn't really do it then um and it basically I had to push it to the back burner and then I ended up rebuilding her helmet with a really cool design based on what her mom um said she liked and and uh I built it like free of charge i was like i'm not letting you like she tried to pay me and i was like i'm not no i was uh, yeah. the nicer penny and because she didn't have a helmet at that point and mm-hmm. uh shipped it to her she got the video of her opening it and that, that was really really cool and her mom said that that benny started crying under the helmet because she was oh. so happy and then benny's mom started crying and and then right, right around that time marshmallow surprised her again Oh, in wow. Australia and actually brought her up on stage with her or with him and, and did all this cool stuff. But he actually filmed this uh, segment on her uh, for his YouTube documentary that came out this summer. And, and at oh, one wow. point, mom, at one point, her mom said that the crew, the film crew basically said, go get your favorite marshmallow gear. And, you know, we'll talk about it for a minute. And she went and got like this little plushy toy, this little like a t-shirt or something like uh-huh. that. She got the helmet that I built her. Oh my uh, God. 
then it was in the video like and they had this 10 minute like five or ten minute segment on it and and uh i just remember like when she pulled it into view see the sticker on the inside that says festi ads on it and like it was just i like I, i've never never cried like that it was just like literally wow. ever been in my entire life so it was it was just a really cool feeling and i was actually supposed to meet her at the end of this month but um she had to reschedule her 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 family had something come up so they they okay. can't uh, don't have time to be with me anymore but we're gonna we reschedule it for a couple months later down the road and i'm really really excited for that that's absolutely incredible oh my god i can't even imagine like what that feeling's like and i feel like that's such a rewarding part of what you're doing is like seeing people's reaction to it and then getting to have moments like that where it's a gift to somebody must be like the most rewarding part of everything oh definitely and i mean i it's that's the thing that like thing that I love the most about this is that it put me in contact with people like Benny and Benny's she's not even a teenager and and she's already gone through just the most like I mean like literally hysteric death in the face like multiple sure. times and, and she's still yeah. really positive and she's and she's an inspiration and I never would have met her if I hadn't started building helmets and mm-hmm. I just um I just really hope that I have the opportunity to continue doing this and and, um, there's a lot of things that I want. I mean, helmets is just kind of step one. Um, yeah. I want to make helmets. my, my, the, the main thing, like my kind of my, um, kind of like my model T or model three or whatever. I've mm-hmm. just I've got those constant, but I've also mm-hmm. wanted to branch out into like totems and a bunch of other stuff. There's a lot of stuff That's that cool. I, a lot of ideas that I have. And I just basically hope that I get the chance to continue doing it. Cause I, I legitimately love doing it. There's, there's times when I, I'm just like, I'm so tired of this. I'm so, I just just want to be able to go to the grocery store and buy like ice cream without feeling guilty because I need to spend that money on my business and staying up super, super late and getting up early. And, and, but that's, I know that's what I signed up for. I mean, if it was, if it was really really easy, everyone would be doing it. But um, usually the things are the most rewarding things is that's something that I've learned. Um, That's definitely, definitely this has taught me that oh my god that's amazing you gave me so much inspiration just talking to you and I think definitely like working hard it's just showing off and everything that you're doing and I'm really excited to see what's up next for you and whether that's moving or totems um you know I'll be following and I'm really excited for you and I'm just curious for anybody listening here too you know how does it work if they want to place like a custom order with you is it just sort of like reaching out via dm or emailing you how can people get a helmet if they want one <laughs> um right now i'm i'm basically directing everyone to my email just because okay. that's easy for me to kind of keep manage my demand yeah. um <laughs> but i've i've got a website that i'm working on um i just need to put a couple finishing touches on it and launch it cool. um i've been trying to figure out what i want to do when i launch it in terms of like do i want to do a contest or something like that i haven't really decided oh, cool. yep. it's kind of like uh, i feel like my brain my thought process is like have you ever seen Men in Black? You know, when that little like ball of energy, like they like yes. let it like shoots around the lab. Yeah. That's what's going on in my head, like 24 seven. Okay. So I got you. Like the squirrel, like the dog that says squirrel and up. That's me like <laughs> every day. Um, we like, need to get out. you some help. <laughs> no, really. That, really. <laughs> yep. Yep. Then you'll feel a little more relieved. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Sure. All right. So what's the email if people can email you um it's uh info at festiheads.com awesome. that's my address. and instagram is at festiheads yes ma'am and if people are you doing any festivals or any shows coming up 
I think I'm I'm gonna take it easy for the the good of my my wallet and body. I think they're pretty upset with me because I did wow. like festival <laughs> this year already. Um, oh, wow. But I think I'm gonna do Connects in Colorado at the end of the year. I've done that a couple times. I'm really looking oh, forward nice. to it this year. Uh, and then I'm probably not gonna do anything until EDC next year. I just I need to I need to chill. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna I said I was gonna slow down and stop doing this uh, so much. I said that I think three years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, has it? hasn't slowed down I've, just, I've gotten a little better at managing it but yeah i i think uh next year i'll do all the big ones edc vegas bonnaroo okay. forest lost land lost lands i'm so excited for lost lands That's um awesome. festival now i'm looking forward to that one the most for sure awesome well i mean i think you have your hands full and you're very busy i'm in the <laughs> same boat as you i'm like taking a hiatus i think <laughs> And so I have electric electric force I haven't done yet. So that's like my big one for next year. And then I'm like, maybe we'll do one beforehand. But right now, I just want to like focus on work and everything else. And I think you'll definitely get a lot done. Um, And any way I can help, let me know. I'm literally it was such a pleasure talking to you. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. I I really appreciate that. If you ever want to do this again, I would definitely be down. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a great night. And uh, yeah, everyone listening, go follow at Festy Heads and check out his website. Thank you. Thanks. I mean, honestly, how good was that? I was literally speechless. After I got off the phone with Dylan, I literally like sat there for like two to three minutes and just had to like process that conversation it's this is the most rewarding thing I'm telling you I am so lucky to talk to these people and meet the most incredible people in this community I'm like so proud to be a part of the EDM community and to meet all these people um I couldn't support Dylan more you guys go follow his page again check it out learn a little bit more if you're interested in purchasing something please go ahead and do that I'm sure he's gonna get inundated (laughs) but hopefully we can find him some help if anybody wants to like be Dylan's assistant (laughs) definitely reach out to him but no I that conversation took a turn uh his story is really incredible and again it just reminds me like why I do this and You know, at the end of the day, I think it's like about making people happy. And I think that's so cool that he's turned this like passion into a full time job. Um, It was really inspirational to me, like for sure, talking to him just because I think it's so cool to see like how you might have like one direction that you want to go in life. But at the end of the day, like sometimes it's just meant to like fall apart or it's meant for a small amount of time, but maybe not in the long run. And it's kind of like all these pieces to the puzzle were there and then he was able to just like take the things he's learned and the experience he's had and turn it into something that's like super unique and also very fitting for him. So I'm really proud that he got to where he is. Uh, He's so smart. Honestly, just from like talking to him, I feel like he said so many things today that a lot of people will relate to and like take to heart. So I'm super, super excited that he was able to come on here. I'm really grateful and You know, I hope that you guys related a lot to this episode and you enjoyed it. We also like didn't get to talk about it too much today um, because we ran out of time. But one thing I did want to say, I feel like Marshmallow has kind of been put through like the ringer in like mainstream kind of media. Um, I saw his first show he ever played in New York. He opened for Skrillex. It was a Halloween show. I've been part of the Mellow Gang ever since. It's come in waves. Like I was definitely obsessed 
like obsessed. I made my own merch, loved his music. And then he's put out some things that I haven't loved. But at the end of the day, I still like have respected what he's done. Um, And he's totally become this like global phenomenon. He markets to kids now. And for some people, like they, I feel like it's popular to like shit on him or to like be a hater. But I just think the guy fucking worked the system, found something that worked for him. And he's been nothing but positive and celebrating like I don't know just like being unique and being a good person in this community and I kind of like the idea that like we're all marshmallow that's his whole thing right so I think it's cool I don't really like knock him for like marketing towards kids or doing whatever he's doing I think it's a pretty smart business decision Uh, and at the end of the day like I enjoy his his music most of it I don't exactly love all the hip hop hip hop stuff that he does, but um, I do really enjoy what he represents and I love his music. So I just wanted to mention that because I feel like um, Marshmallow can be a little polarizing now and some people like just like to hate it because it's like the trendy thing to do. So I was really excited to have Dylan on here and it just shows like it's such, there's still such a big market for it and I'm really excited to see like what Marshmallow does in the future. And it's just really incredible. Guys, like, go look at Dylan's the like, designs of the helmets he's done because he has so many different custom ones. Like, some of the excision design ones are really fucking cool. He has a Blunts and Blondes one. I remember that's good. An Elenium one. He's done some slushy helmets. Like, all the designs. The one he did for the Lunchbox team was really cool. So go check it out. Um, he's got a really incredible talent. And again, thank you, Dylan, for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, before I let you all go, I want to get into some ED, ED, I can't talk today, EDM news. All right, let's do it. All right, first up, so Jaws just announced his full, complete Dangerous Waters tour for next year. The support being Habstract and Drezzo, which is really exciting. I fucking stand Jaws, love him. He's playing in Brooklyn. One of the dates, I believe it's March 14th. So I haven't bought tickets yet, but I'm like definitely planning on going to that. Um, And Drezzo is the opener for Brooklyn. So hell yeah, I've seen Drezzo a couple times. He's really, really great. So I'm super excited for that. Jaws said like this is he's going all out next year, like bigger and better than ever. So that's really cool. Um, And he announced a bunch of different dates. So if you guys are interested, go check out his tour announcement. Another show announcement, Eric Prids announced that he is doing a huge show in London, uh, Printworks, February, Friday, February 28th, 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. with special guest Art Bat. So that's freaking huge. Um, I believe tickets or presale is already on sale. I'm sure that's going to sell out. Oh, and I didn't I just read the fine print. This will be his only London show of 2020. That is fucking crazy. Okay, so if those tickets are still on sale, go grab those. That's going to be nuts. All right, and the last piece of news I have here, it's not funny. I'm already laughing. I know it's not funny, but um Dead Mouse is back on his antics. You guys, he uh I think he was drunk. He's known to like post on Reddit every now and then. He's been pretty quiet, but Dead Mouse has been controversial in the past. He opens his mouth a lot. Not everything he said has been great. I remember like way back he had said some shit about slushy that like did not go over well and was not cool and he ended up apologizing to slushy but he's been known to run his mouth he's been known to be controversial that's kind of like his whole shtick so 
I gather he was like drunk last night or something. I don't know. But he posted on Reddit. It's kind of funny. I know it's like not. And I'm a very like plur podcast and I'm all about positivity. But like he kind of has a point. So um, he basically like lashed out at Dimitri Vegas and like Mike. And I gather they were like porn performing at the same event and the stages were very close to each other and I am I'll say this on the record I'm not familiar with Dimitri Vegas and like Mike's music um I've never been a fan it's not my cup of tea I'll leave it there I'll leave it there (laughs) I was gonna say I don't really get it but I know they're like some of the biggest DJs in the world and I think they won not that it's relevant at all, but the DJ Mag Top 100, which I don't really know how that voting works. It's also a very controversial list, but I'm pretty sure they are the number one spot this year. Again, it's not my cup of tea. It's not my favorite music, but to each their own. Um, so he, Dead Mouse came out and said, like, I guess they're on the microphone a lot during their sets. You guys can tell me if that's true or not. But he just went off on them about like how they wouldn't basically like shut the f up and can you guys just like stop asking how everyone's doing every three seconds how they're feeling to put their hands up to count to three (laughs) what they had for room service every goddamn five seconds so yeah he went on and on it was liked by like over a thousand people and then it just continued on and on and all these other people were joining in on the conversation on reddit but he ended up writing like LOL, sorry, I was semi-drunk, but I don't really give a shit. Like, my problem is that their stage was uh, 20 feet from ours and they weren't, they didn't stop yapping and I couldn't, that was like the only thing I could hear anyway. So he's not really like backing down. I mean, obviously he stands by everything he says, but I just thought that was kind of funny. I know it's not nice. Like, obviously we shouldn't be shitting on each other, but I don't know. I feel like there's a very big debate about people who either prefer artists to be quiet and not say anything versus some people who like like when the DJ or the artist talks to the crowd and interacts with them that could be a fun episode let me know if you guys want like that could be another unpopular opinions episode actually that we should we're due for a round two of that um I'm sort of in between I mean my favorite artists Eric Prison Seven Lions don't say a single word and I love that they let their music and their set do the talking and just like bless us with their presence (laughs) but at the same time like I love Oliver Heldens like he's my favorite artist and it's so cute when he comes on the microphone and he says things um Dylan Francis is pretty funny he also does like funny visuals and stuff like that but every now and then I don't mind like if an artist like kind of gets gets you hyper or says like thank you or whatever I love Alice in Wonderland. She's really open about mental health issues and she'll always like talk about the song that she's about to play. Sometimes a lot of people do not like her talking. I kind of do. I think she's really relatable and I appreciate like how open she can be sometimes. So anyway, that's just my opinion here to end the episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed again. I'm super excited about this one. I love doing these interviews. I'm going to try and line up a couple more here before the end of the year. Uh, again, go support and follow Dylan at Festy Heads on Instagram. And you guys can check out his website as well. And yeah, send in your submissions for listener of the week. Email me at raveculturecast at gmail.com. That's raveculturecast at gmail.com. And also follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at raveculturecast and at Emma Capotis. And lastly, rate and review. Send a link to someone today. Screenshot and share your screen. Tag us on Instagram stories. Spread the freaking word. 
I appreciate your support so much, you guys. Um, follow on YouTube. Go subscribe over there and check out the video. And I will be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Peace. Peace.